So Lydia is going to be out of commission for an undetermined amount of time. What happened to Lydia? Tabitha, let's start with you this week. I'm going to assume that she finally decided to sit down and watch all those movies that she's always talking about watching. And now she's like glued to her seat and she's become one with her couch and she can't get up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Um, I am assuming that she thought back to her time uh, and uh, Annie get your gun and she decided to get a gun and is on a bank robbing spree. Matt. Uh, well, rumor has it that, uh, Elon Musk has a training partner, so I'm going to guess that she's helping Zuckerberg train. (laughs) If anyone could do it, it would be Lydia. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, in all seriousness, Lydia recently had her baby. Um, very, very happy for her. Her and baby and rest of family are happy and healthy. Um, healthy. I don't know about happy. I don't know anything about babies. Are they yeah. happy when they come out of there? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, they, they usually come out crying. And then like, as the mom, like, you know, like, or dad, like, you ain't going to be sleeping a lot. And I know I get cranky when I don't sleep. So, but let's go with happy and healthy. Sure. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. I want to start off tonight with something that's kind of local. So the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, which if you don't know, they are a prospect league baseball team. Uh, they announced the first ever cheese ball, uh, which benefits the Friends of Robin Roberts Stadium Foundation. Uh, cheese ball will see the horseshoes take on the Cheddar Monsters in a seven inning game with lots of new rules. Uh, some of these new rules include uh, required bunting, uh, no walks, so if a pitcher throws four balls then a t gets put put up oh. and the batter gets a free swing it's like old school yeah uh f- foul balls caught by a fan will result in the fan choosing whether the batter is out or if the batter gets a home run that i like yeah um aside from that each inning will feature something different including a fan serving as an umpire a quote topless inning and a f- uh, free beer batter I don't know if maybe the topless inning means that it's only the bottom of the inning so that the visiting team doesn't get a net bat. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, So (laughs) teams are composed of horseshoes, players and coaches, former professional baseball players and members of the community uh, selected via a public tryout on July 22nd. Um, for more info on tickets or tryouts, check out shoesbaseball.com. Um, I, in my notes, I did not mention when these, this game is. So give me just a second while I pull that up. <laughs> while I'm looking that up, what do you guys think about this? Because I am super excited about this. Tell me you want to be the Savannah Bananas without telling me you want to <laughs> be the Savannah Bananas. Plot with Springfield. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's I, Sunday, August 13th. I mean, I still think it's a fun idea. Yeah. I like I like the uh, the batter getting a tee after four balls. That reminds me of baseball when I was in third grade or whenever that was, when I played t-ball. Like, the first year that the kids get to pitch, it's like you get, like, four chances, and then you're uh, you're out of luck, and the kid gets a tee and just go to town. I, I, I mean, I'm the, I love a good marketing gimmick, but this just sounds like it would make me angry. <laughs> it's because you don't have joy in your life, Tabitha. It's because I like rules, Mitch. <laughs> I mean, there are rules. I like They're the just... real rules. <laughs> oh. I don't like them to sound like they got made up because someone rolled a dice and was like, I'm going to put a word here. <laughs> Fine. Well. I'm I mean, happy you're happy. I guess that's all that really matters sure. is my happiness. <laughs> it is. Big facts. <laughs> so... Um, let actually before we do that, um, you guys over the last couple weeks saw a couple of pretty, uh, I'm assuming pretty cool movies, uh, Nimona mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. All right. It's not like we've been talking about it for I don't know years, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, what'd you guys think? Um, let's start with Nimona. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> You know, wasn't prepared to cry. I should have been, but I wasn't. It was so good. It was so good. It was so funny and so full of heart and character and quirkiness and this incredible artistry and these great voice actors and lore and it pulled on my heartstrings and it was just, it was so good. It's probably one of my favorite animated movies that I've ever watched. It was it was fantastic. Um, having just read the graphic novel recently for the first time, um, I wasn't sure how close it was going to stick to that story. Um, it definitely gives a lot more backstory. It gives a lot more motivation for all of the characters, um, and it's definitely a it's definitely a based on the story movie. Um, it's the characters are from the book. The like key points of the plot are from the book, um, but it diverges a lot. Um, which, when I first realized that at the beginning, I wasn't sure how it was gonna how it was gonna go. Uh, but definitely, as we went through, it just it just continued to grow on me. It was fantastic. Um, she didn't change into a shark quite as many times as I was hoping for, <laughs> but uh, but she did change into a shark. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. It's definitely one of those that, um, could be like a, like a, when you need to just unwind and relax to put something on, um, I, I could put that on in the background, um, for sure. Nice. What about Indiana? So I remember long ago and far away when we first found out that this was happening and I was real mad because I was like, we don't need another Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford is old. This doesn't need to happen. Blah, blah, blah. And then I got that trailer and I was like, yes, I'm here for it. I have to see it in theaters. I'm here for it. I had to see it in theaters. It, it was wonderful. Um, I, we talked about it kind of afterwards on like where it ranks among the five Indiana Jones films. Um, 
it, it's not as good as the the original three, um, but it's better than Crystal Skull. Um, it it has some fun quirkiness. It has some wonderful cameos. As, as much as uh, they tried to make Shia LaBeouf the next Indiana Jones with with uh, Crystal Skull, they did a much better job using uh, Phoebe Walter Bridges. Waller Bridges. Waller Bridges. No, Waller Bridge. Waller Bridge. Waller, just one okay. bridge. <laughs> just one bridge. Not a lot of them. Just one. Don't go chasing Waller Bridges. <laughs> No promises. <laughs> <laughs> Back in time. Um, she was a much better choice and a much more well-written character to, if they wanted to continue the Indiana Jones like character line, she could take over. Um, and I really appreciated that. Did a, Everybody did a great job. It was... It was so much fun to watch. Um, no, I don't know. I, I loved it. I'm I'm really actually glad that this happened, and it was a fitting end. Question mark. Yeah. Um. I've been on board pretty much since the beginning. There was not even one moment where I was like, I don't know that Harrison Ford can do this. Harrison Ford can always do it. Um. It looked. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this was fantastic. Uh, the, 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 the cameos, like Matt said, were absolutely like amazing. Like the people that they brought back in and you were just like, your heart was just swelling like every time. And like to hear like that music and like the crack of the whip and him just like disgruntled and old and tired and over it. But like, damn it, I have to save the world again. Can't I retire? <laughs> like it was just so good. And like the end question mark, uh, I, I teared up a little bit and then they threw me and um, no spoilers, but the very, very end of this movie gives you some hope <laughs> and some like, hmm, moments. Um, and I agree with Matt. I feel like they could continue on with another Indiana Jones-esque series with Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, like taking up the mantle of Indiana Jones, essentially. Um because I, I honestly want to know more. I want to know what her life was like between when we first met that character back in the day and like now. I kind of want to know what that gap looked like. So this was this was great. I kind of want to rewatch it in the theaters because it was really good. And I cried. I, that, no surprise there. I do have one other note. And this is this is one of those things like when they did, was it Rogue One where... Um, they they facial imposed like CGI mm-hmm. uh, Moff Tarkin, mm-hmm. and it was so bad that you're like, oh my god, why did they buy? Like you know the technology's come a long way, but that was one of those moments they should never have done that. They de-aged Harrison Ford in a fair number of scenes for this movie, and you almost can't tell. Like it's real good. It's real real good. Um, I knew that that was happening and I was kind of watching for it and I was a little worried that it was going to be real like apparent and it really wasn't unless you kind of knew what to look for. And in amongst everything that was happening on the screen in those moments where they did de-age him, like it wasn't distracting at all. There was no, no like zoomed in on his face like there was in Rogue One where you're just like, ooh, like <laughs> getting like, you know, Renesmee Twilight vibes from that creepy baby. There was none of that. 
All right. Well, let's open up the pool list. What's on our pool list this week? And we've got a few books to talk about. Um, the first one, pardon me. Um, the first one is Unnatural Order. It's coming soon from Vault Comics, uh, written by Christopher Yost with art by Val uh, Rodriguez. So after the fall of Britons and uh, the Roman invasion of Hibernia, the Druid is released, sending darkness across the world. Um, no spoilers because, yeah, obviously. Um, but like I was telling you guys, I read this last week and then we ended up not having a show. So I went back and read it again and realized I didn't remember really anything about it. Um, there are a few moments, like especially in the beginning, this is kind of a, you know, drop you off and you kind of have to pick up the pieces. Um, and there are a couple of times where I thought that it didn't make sense, mm -hmm. but then the last page makes that not making sense make sense. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Like, it, it gives you mm -hmm. a reason for why things just kind of feel weird yes and then we see that and i'm like i am here for this give me issue two right now so i can find out more um as far as the characters go um gunther is my spirit animal <laughs> um he is a he's not a viking what is he i don't know um some viking like character mm. but like he just Wants to fuck shit up. <laughs> That's it. I rarely cuss on this show. And yeah. But the, Gunther that one brought was worth it out it. of you. Yeah, clearly. Um, but yeah, Gunther is oh, chef's kiss. Just uh, <laughs> definitely a highlight of this book. But no, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see this in uh, in physical form. Um, Matt, what'd you think? Um, I will agree with you that a lot of this felt... Uh, I guess almost disjointed and kind of lost. Um, I really enjoyed the art regardless. Um, but like you said, the end kind of pulls it all back together, makes you kind of like do that, like dog tilt its head kind of thing. Or like, huh? And you're like, okay, uh, there's a lot more going on here than you originally thought. Um, also a lot of the, like the the dark druid taking over, um, you know, threat to the world is just it's kind of in my wheelhouse. So right right there from that, I'm I'm ready for this. Um, yeah, I, I definitely am am wanting to see where the rest of this goes, um, and uh, the explanation of the unnatural order. <laughs> Tabitha. Y'all, I hate being dropped off in the middle of something and not knowing what's going on. I hate it. I hate it so hard. <sighs> Makes me so angry. Fills me full of rage. Um, I really enjoyed the art on this. Like the, those like, I don't want to call them background scenes, but where you're seeing kind of the bigger picture and the, the people are like, 
ants in comparison to what's happening around mm-hmm. them those images were incredibly cool there were a couple of them i like paused on and i was like oh and like the color was super vibrant and i really enjoyed that i was so lost and so confused and i am not patient so i was getting frustrated with myself <laughs> and with the book and then i got to the end and i was like oh okay it, I, it didn't make it better for me, but it explained why I was frustrated, and it did make me feel less dumb. So that was nice of them. <laughs> uh, this is just probably not one of those things that will be something that I will search out because I don't like to feel dazed and confused when I'm reading something, so... Uh, so up next is Underground. It is out July 11th from Saturday AM. Uh, so Kara Moon is a uh, taekwondo, taekwondo fighter um, who seeks revenge from an uh, from a gang who attacked him, ended his Olympic dreams, all that good stuff. So to do this, he has to go into the world of underground fighting. Um, this is tough for me because there were a lot of things about this book that i enjoyed as a whole i enjoyed the story um as far as the art goes like there are a couple and whenever we do read these um advanced readers you know we we get them digitally and so more often than not if you've got a full page spread we don't get to see that we have to see it broken up into two different pages and kind of picture it in our minds and there are quite a few full page spreads in here that i'm like okay if i saw this like in actual print form i'm gonna be like this is kind of badass you know and um and me not seeing that that take that takes nothing against this book um but yeah so like there are a lot of good moments in this book the issue that i had was there were at least two times that I had to go back and reread a couple things and be like, oh, there's a time change here. Mm. And, you know, they were going back and forth, you know, and with it being, you know, with it being black and white, it's very difficult to pull that off successfully, you know. Um, so that that took me out of the story a lot. Um, but, but overall, it, it's one of those, like, I know this is volume one. I, you know, I, I am more than willing to give volume to it a, a shot, you know, just to see where these characters go, um, because, you know, it, you know, it definitely ends in a in a high point, And I'm like, OK, I'm it definitely ends at kind of a peak. Um, but yeah, but it's just, man, if if the pacing on this one was just a little bit more focused, I guess it would have knocked it out of the park. The last book that we're going to talk about tonight, it's um, Sengoku Yoku, uh, Volume 2. It's out. It's out. Uh, also out July 11th from Tokyo Pop. Uh, it is by Satoshi Mizukami. Um, so the world is divided into two factions, humans and monsters called uh, Katawara. So Tama is a Katawara um, who loves humans and... She travels with her adopted brother, uh, Jinka, who is a human, who hates humans. Yeah. Um, so, like you do. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so along the way, they um, they're joined by a swordsman uh, named Shinsuke, uh, um, and you know a couple other people, and basically they uncover a plot to experiment on humans and transform them into mo- monsters, um, and they decide you know that they're going to defeat these people. But it's like an entire army of warriors. So um, this book is a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed myself reading this. I kind of sped read through it because I hadn't read volume one either. So I wanted to read one and two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, on the one hand, I didn't have that thing where you read volume one and <laughs> then wait a while and then forget what happened in volume one when you read volume two. But um, I also was like, I want to go to bed soon. So I was reading it very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's definitely, it, it's one of those books I think you, you want to um, take your time with. It's the, the monsters that they come up with. They just, they look really, really cool, really badass. Um, I also, I love the, um, the... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not chemistry, but the dynamic between Jinka and um, Tama, where you've got one person who's a monster but likes people, and then you've got a human who doesn't like people but likes monsters, and it's like, it's just, it's fun. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, kind of like, it's like if, if it were adapted into a movie, it'd be a popcorn flick, mm. that type of thing. Speaking of movies, let's go to Trailer Takedown. Let's get ready for Trailer Takedown! And we've got four things to talk about. Um, The first matchup is Happiness for Beginners versus uh, Futurama. Um, So Happiness for for Beginners basically is... um, it stars Ellie Kemper, who is basically unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in this as well. But she is Kimmy Schmidt with a little bit more of a head on her shoulders. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's she is her like you, you see a lot of her normal comedic style in this uh, movie. And it, it features it's it shows her going through. Um, a divorce and wanting to kind of like find herself again. And she goes through like, she goes with this group um, to walk the Appalachian mountains. And so that goes up against Futurama. Y'all know what Futurama is. (laughs) We're getting more of it. It's on Hulu. Um, Surprisingly, I'm going to end up giving more points to um, happiness for beginners for a couple of different reasons. Um, First, with Futurama, Futurama is going is will forever and always be one of those shows that I watch an episode, be like, "Hey, I really like this show. I should watch it more often." Then completely forget it exists. <laughs> then a couple years later, I'm like, "Hey, why don't I ever watch this show?" <laughs> and then, yeah, rinse and repeat. Exactly. So the chances of me watching it on Hulu, not great. Um, also, there were like quite a few covid jokes where it's like on the one hand on the one hand like guys it's been three years i mean i know it's hard to do with animation but like the the time has passed but at the same time it's like it's still a little too real Um, but yeah 
And but like with with happiness for beginners, I mean, I don't know. It just it kind of seemed like it's just it's one of those movies that's going to be, you know, probably a little sappy, whatever, you know, may cry, may not. I don't know. But um, I don't know. There was enough humor and heart to make me kind of be like, OK, I'm in for this. So I am giving happiness for beginners six and Futurama four. Uh, Tabitha. I think my favorite thing about Futurama has always been their ability to mock the times that we're living in, even if they're a little behind, in a way that almost makes you feel more comfortable with it, if that makes sense. Mm. Like the episodes where they flash back to like present times, like our present times. And you are like, God, it's so nice that they're, it's so relatable, but they're like 3,000 years in the future. Um, this trailer gave me those warm, fuzzy Futurama feels. And I know it sounds weird to feel warm and fuzzy about Futurama, but this is one of those shows that I can just put on in the background and watch an episode and it will guaranteed to make me laugh out loud every single time. And with me watching TV, that is kind of rare. Um, I, as much as I love Ellie Kemper, I hate a rom-com. <laughs> and that is that is the dangerous territory that this was like if you had left the like romance aspect out of this and you've just got like sad creepy weird people in the woods well, then, you, then it's deliverance never mind if you just if you've got like heartbroken millennials there we go walking around the woods i'd be like okay but then you have to add in the like oh when it's there's like why are you acting like my boyfriend like Absolutely not. Like, this is not something that I would seek out and watch. So I'm going to give eight points to Futurama, and I am going to give two points to Happiness for Beginners just because it, it did get a couple of, like, it's <laughs> out of me. And I, like I said, I do really like Ellie Kemper. Matt. Um, I, I don't know. Happiness for Beginners just... I, for me, it missed the mark as far as the trailer goes. It didn't really give me anything... To latch on to, I didn't really, like, I got done and I'm like, I wasn't really rooting for anyone in the trailer. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. There, it kind of gave you the, 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 the bland overview of what's going to happen with some like, haha type moments, but I just, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Um, Futurama, I have always loved Futurama. It's always been one of those that, yes, I do want to go back and watch all of them from the beginning to the end. And I've seen hundreds of episodes in between and I've never watched them all in order because it's always one of those things like, oh, I just found it on TV and I'd watch it and oh, okay, you're watching a string of three or four episodes. Um, yeah, the way that they, the way that they so intelligently mock society i love um to me it's always been a smart version of the simpsons in the future and that's what i've that's what i've loved most about it and do we really need more futurama i don't know but i'm ready for it i'm here for it i will probably watch it um so i am also going to go eight points to futurama and two sadly kind of pity points for happiness for beginners. Happiness only gets two points from Matt. <laughs> Today, it's lucky it gets that. 
I feel that. <laughs> so with a score of 20 to 10, Futurama moves on. It's going to meet the winner of Rogers the Musical versus Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you this round. I did not watch the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. <laughs> Did I'm you, not sure why you hate me. It played it played in the background while I played on my phone, so Matt I, could watch it. I didn't bring that one up. Did I, you do that? I t- that's why you started to load it, and I'm like, you don't have to watch this. I thought it was you. The no, whole time, it was me. Mitch, I thought it was you. I I know better. <laughs> why do you hate me? Um, <laughs> but in, in his defense, he was like, you don't have to watch this. And I was like, okay. I wasn't planning on it, but thanks. <laughs> Uh, plot twist, all of my points are going to Rogers the Musical because this is the only thing that could maybe make me want to go to Disneyland. Because <laughs> California. Because California, screaming children, mascots with heads on, all on my list of nopes, except Rogers the Musical, which gets all 10 of my points. Matt. Um, also, yeah. what's Peter Malark doing at Five Nights at Freddy's? Isn't that who that is? <laughs> Yes. Okay. The odds are not in his favor. No. I I am going to admit that I wanted to hate this whole idea and this whole movie of Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, It's Blumhouse. It looks like they've really creeped this up. Like the video game never seemed to really have any appeal. Um, But like this trailer does a pretty good job. It looks pretty creepy it looks like it's gonna be fun um i'm I, i'm interested um rogers the musical you know it was one of those things we didn't know we wanted or needed until we got that little teaser during hawkeye um i i still would like a longer version and not have to go to california to actually see this but i'm so excited that they actually did this um at least in a a, a limited uh scope i'm gonna split down the middle and go five on five on this because yeah in order to see rogers i gotta go to california actually you don't no yeah is it gonna be on hulu um (laughs) no um i don't know at at least as of i don't know a few days ago when i looked but um there were multiple like full-length versions of it on youtube and it hadn't been taken down yet Oh, it's only like a half hour long. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend Lin Manuel Miranda will be really mad if I watch that. <laughs> um, Lin Manuel Miranda makes way more money than I do, um, and I will not be in California for the what two weeks that it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's just going to have to get over it. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that it will become so popular that Disney Plus will record it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, and then I will have watched it again. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if uh, Disney's taken it down yet. I'm. I'd be surprised if they hadn't. But, um, but yeah, this was one of my favorite parts of Hawkeye, um, and there were a lot of parts I loved about Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this trailer for it. I mean, it just it it looks dumb. It looks fun. You know, like. It, they are completely leaning into the idea of it being a musical and giving the story of Steve Rogers the musical treatment, and I'm here for it. I am not here for Five Guys at Freddy's. Um, I already have enough... <laughs> five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> not Five Guys. 
They're like hamburgers and stuff. <laughs> um, I am not here for Five Nights at Freddy's. I already have enough PTSD from working at Chuck E. Cheese, um, so I don't need any of that in my life. So I am mirroring Tabitha. All my points go to Rogers the musical. Um, so that means that Rogers uh, gets 25 points and Five Nights at Freddy's gets five points and no guys. <laughs> get like a bunch of extra fries <laughs> at five guys it's a thing rogers the musical versus futurama <laughs> eight points for rogers two for futurama for me tabitha uh seven for futurama four four <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> seven and three a seven and four Whose point are you stealing? You can take some of Lydia's points while she's not here. I try really hard not to say any words with five in them and make myself laugh again. <laughs> so whatever, you do the math. <laughs> you want to trust me with that? Or okay. Matt. Um, yeah, until we get a Disney Plus version of Rogers Musical, I'm going to go eight to Futurama and two to Rogers. All right, so with a score of 13 to 17, Futurama wins this week's trailer takedown. All right, we're going to go into gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. Uh, first couple of stories in gut reaction um, are fairly big um, superhero movie news. First thing, I'm kind of combining three different Deadpool things in one. So... Um, I mean that's that's fair. It's Deadpool three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deadpool five. Um, Is this episode going to be called Mitch Does Math? <laughs> no, may, I mean maybe. Um, <laughs> so on Monday, Ryan Reynolds released a photo of him and Hugh Jackman in costume, and Hugh is sporting a comics accurate Wolverine costume. If you haven't seen it, it looks fantastic. Um, it's been confirmed that Jennifer Garner is returning to the role of Elektra for Deadpool 3. Uh, she ple- previously played the role in 2003's Deadpool, uh, Daredevil, La Diz. Um, and again, <laughs> and again in her own solo film in 2005. Finally, uh, this one's just a rumor, but I've I've seen where uh, Channing Tatum may finally get to play Gambit, um, a role that he was attached to forever before the movie got canceled. Um, I am giving all of this stuff a giant thumbs up. Um, I'm kind of in a <clears throat> weird relationship with Deadpool right now. Like as far as like the comics go, like I'm not reading Deadpool right now. Um, I am, um, uh, well. Matt and Tabitha know this, uh, but I'm getting ready to move, so that means I'm getting ready to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Probably getting rid of all of my Deadpool comics. Um, It's not a situation where I don't like the character anymore. It's just I'm not not reading him anymore, you know? Not to say that I won't in in the future, but anyway, all that aside, I am super pumped for this movie. Um, It's going to be amazing i can't wait for it thumbs up tap them you're excited i'm excited i didn't know jennifer garner was still like in shape to do that no i mean not necessarily in shape to do that but like 
I feel like if I was Jennifer Garner, that would be a character I left in the past while with my husband of Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a little weird to me, but Mitch is happy, so I'm happy. Thumbs up. Matt. Um, I'm excited about basically all of the rumors and confirmed for this movie at this point because it looks like they're going to play Deadpool 3 with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of Deadpool being like having his his brain messed with as he tries to understand the multiverse along with fourth wall breaks like that's just a recipe for chimichangas i mean this is gonna be (laughs) awesome um i'm 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 ready thumbs up so on i would just like to point out if i had said that i would have gotten a shame I would just like to point out that I was not listening. (laughs) So that's on me. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So um, the DCU has found its Man of Steel. Uh, David Cornsweat was announced as the new Superman, uh, starting with Superman Legacy. Did I mispronounce his name? Is his name Cornsweat? (laughs) 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 If his name is is Cornsweat... (laughs) Then you didn't. You did a great job. <laughs> Cor- Corin Sweat? C- C-O-R-E-N-S-W-E-T. All I heard was Corin Sweat. Same. I have no idea if you're pronouncing it right. We're okay. going to go with Corin Sweat, though. <laughs> um... Uh, so David has also starred in The Politician um, and Hollywood, both on Netflix, as well as the HBO series uh, We Own This City and the A24 film uh, Pearl. So um, they also cast Lois Lane. Uh, she will be played by Rachel Brosnahan, uh, probably best known for uh, the title role in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, she was also in House of Cards. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Um Based off of looks alone, like they both really look the part, um, Mr. Corn Sweat. <laughs> like, he he just, he looks like Superman. And, you know, I, I don't know anything about his acting. I, I've wanted to see The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I still haven't. But I know that Rachel Brosnahan has done a fantastic job with that. And so, like, I'm excited to see her as Lois Lane. Um this one, huge thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, I don't know what Mr. Cornsweat, which sounds like a teacher on Daria, by the way, um, looks like. But I do know what Rachel Brosnahan looks like. And based on the acting that I have seen in a very limited amount of The Marvelous Miss Maisel that I have watched, I think that's really good casting. So, thumbs up. Matt. I'm trying not to make a butter joke, but I... I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he butter have the acting chops. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, I don't. I don't really have a horse in this race. I Superman has just never been one of those characters that I've been super interested in at all, really. Um, so thumb sideways. Um, Matt, you've got a follow up to the uh, Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk grudge match, or. Whatever. I mean, as long as Zuckerberg's mom lets it happen. Um, there's, I don't know that anything has been confirmed at this point, but um, the MMA 
uh, fighter uh, George St. Pierre tweeted out that uh, Elon Musk, I'm a huge fan of yours and it would be an absolute honor to help you and be your training partner for the challenge against Zuckerberg. Elon Musk replied, okay, let's do it. So if it happens, looks like uh, Elon Musk actually has a training partner that used to be an MMA fighter. So Zuckerberg might be in trouble. Um, I don't know. Thumbs up to getting somebody that knows what they're doing for a training partner. Thumbs down that this might still actually happen. Thumbs down that we live in this universe. Tabitha. Am I hallucinating? But wasn't Zuckerberg like a UFC guy or something? Didn't he like fight? Did I like, is this a fever dream that I've had? Not UFC, but he has done some kind of martial art. I don't remember what it was. He has like a black belt or something. Like I I was trying to Google it, but I have no service down here. Um, I hate that we live in a world where the two nerdy kids on the playground are what's fighting. And that's not even entertaining anymore. Thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) So last month, Pat Sajak announced that he is retiring from Wheel of Fortune at the end of the 2023-24 season. Um, His successor has already been announced, Ryan Seacrest, um, who will also serve as a consulting producer. Um, I can't ever give anything about Wheel of Fortune a complete thumbs down, but um, I'm not happy about this for two reasons. Um, One... um, I, I don't need for Ryan Seacrest to do literally everything. Um, that's cool, bro. But like, I don't know. Take some time to breathe. That's fine. Uh, I also am way less excited about um, auditioning for a Wheel of Fortune that stars um, Ryan Seacrest. I almost said Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, that's not right. Um, I, I would be excited about that. Um, and also like, as... As problematic as Pat Sajak's opinions are at times, um, he always gets a pass for me because I grew up watching him. Um, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say always gets a pass. I mean, everybody's got a limit. But um, but yeah, I mean, good for you for retiring, but I'm sad. I've only got a limited amount of time to get on that show. Tabitha. I'm going to need him to balls up and just die off like every other tv show host that we grew up with honestly like how dare you retire how dare you um i can't stand looking at ryan seacrest something about his face makes me think of that movie with tyra banks where they the like mannequins came alive (laughs) do you remember that movie i do i i don't remember the name of it i don't remember if it was a decom or what but like like the mannequins come to life and there's something about the way he holds his face that reminds me of that movie and it makes me vastly uncomfortable like when he was hosting american idol i would like close my eyes when he would come it's just he he looks like he's made of wax um doesn't he still host american idol i don't know oh. i stopped watching american idol That's this fair. was like 300 years ago That's when fair. he looked exactly the same as he does now because he like freezes himself cryogenically when he goes off camera um <laughs> I'm giving the whole thing a thumbs down. Boo on you, Pat Sajak. Can't you just die like everybody else? Wow. You know I'm right. All of them die. I mean, everybody does. Well, I mean, all of those, like, TV hosts, they're just, like, they work to the end, and then they, like, go off into the great TV land. Bob Barker's still kicking. 
He doesn't count. <laughs> Matt. Unless Carson Daly's flipping the letters, I don't want this. Thumbs down. Oh, I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like, still dressed as Vanna White, though? No. <laughs> dressed as Carson Daly from, like, the late 2000s. From TRL. Yeah. With a leather jacket back. <laughs> Eyeliner. But if it's, like, TRL, you can't buy a vowel. We could, like, okay, I'd watch that. Like a mashup. Okay, like a mashup? Yeah. <laughs> You guess the puzzle right, they play a video. Oh, I would guess the puzzle right just so I could watch music videos on TV again. <laughs> but, like, but what always bugged me about TRL is like they never really showed the whole video. Well, no, they had to cut it off at the end because it was Total Request live, Mitch. They were yeah. in the cinema. But it was like it was like a minute's worth. It was always it was frustrating. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt, let's talk about magic. <laughs> the Gathering, not like just in general. Magic. <laughs> Voila, abracadabra. Um. So, remember how we talked about the one ring card? Well, it's already been found. And the guy that found it um, was not an idiot and basically turned around and right away had it graded. Um, so, people are already offering millions of dollars to buy it from him. Um at this point, he hasn't um, he hasn't sold it yet. Um, but before it was even found, um, some of the booster boxes that you could like, you bought the box and all of the packs were in the box. You open them; those boxes were going for over five hundred dollars a piece just to try and like the chance to find it in one of those boxes. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm gonna give this a thumbs up because one, we knew it was gonna be found at some point. Um, and two, uh, you know, credit to this guy for knowing that he had it and he got it graded right away. Yeah. Um, thumbs up for him being smart. Um, thumbs down for everyone else being dumb for wanting to pay millions of dollars for a card that you can't even really play, Tabitha. I hate capitalism. Um, I just have this vision of, like, people working in, like, a factory, like, opening boxes and, like somebody Veruca assaulting like in the mm-hmm. background like stomping their feet saying I want it now every time we talk about this um, and I feel like this man is Charlie Bucket so I'm giving Charlie Bucket a thumbs up <laughs> um, Tabitha let's talk about I'm not for sure if I'm getting this right a Jewish conspiracy theory comic yes kind of you're kind of getting it right so Some of the most outrageous Jewish conspiracy theories from the POV of a 14-year-old white supremacist is, that's the title, is is an upcoming self-published comic book that does exactly what it says. So these two artists, um, Debbie Lechman and Roots Metals, um, no, Debbie Lechman, who also goes by Roots Metals, sorry, and Sherry Ross, came up with this idea to talk about anti-Semitic conspiracies because they're absolutely ridiculous. And this comic book is basically told from the point of view of a 14-year-old white supremacist giving the background on these in-depth, crazy out-of-this-world conspiracy theories about the Jewish community. But they're doing it from like an educational perspective. So like you can look at the conspiracy theory and be like, oh man, these people are crazy. And then you get the like actual truth on the side of these two Jewish content creators. Um, they were going to do a graphic novel, decided they couldn't, 
why not do a comic book? I want to get my hands on this so bad. This looks just incredible. It looks educational and it looks like it's going to change people's opinions and educate the community a little bit better. Um, And a quote from one of the creators that says, I hope it changes minds, makes some people angry and that some people love it. And then the other creator said, we just hope it's a digestible format that will stick with people. I also hope they laugh. If they don't laugh, we cry. Um, It's going to be on sale on rootsmetals.com for $20 for a limited amount of time. I think it's on there for pre-order right now. I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Like, what a creative way to educate the community through comic books. Matt. I will not lie. I was confused when you read the title. I'm, like, trying to figure out where this was going. I I couldn't see the roadmap. But then when you explained it, I'm like, this this is actually pretty brilliant. Um, It's one of those things, like, so much of a story is crucial to the point of view and to be able to tell it from a white supremacist point of view to basically show you how absurd and ridiculous these conspiracy theories are is fantastic. Huge thumbs up for this whole idea. Yeah. I think we might have to uh, log in and see if we can pre-order a copy. Yeah. I'm giving it a thumbs up. That said, um, I have a strong feeling that the people who need to read this comic will not read this mm-hmm. comic. True. So, um, Matt, let's talk about flying cars. So, what about an electric flying car approved by the FAA? Only cost you three hundred grand. Jump change. Okay. Well, <laughs> at this point, it's going to happen. Um, the FAA has officially certified testing for a vehicle, uh, with, which they're calling Model A from Aleph Automotive, which is a California company. Um, it is, it's drivable on public roads like a normal car, but it also has vertical landing and takeoff capabilities. Um, one to two occupants range of roughly 200 miles on the road, a uh, flying range of about 110 miles. Um, estimated sale price is $300,000. They're projecting that they will be begin delivery by the end of 2025. Um, I, I'm, I'm blown away that the FAA has approved this. Um, they, it's a special airworthiness certificate allowing for limited purpose that includes exhibition research and development. So we'll see what they expand that to once the testing happens. Um, but, um, you know, there's what's the saying about, uh, there's a chump born every minute. Um, there's, there's at least, um, 834 of them already been born and already put down a deposit on this vehicle. Um, they have over $250 million worth of pre-orders, which based on the math comes out to almost 850 vehicles. Wow. So already pre-ordered. Um, you can still get your name on the list. Um, it's only $150 for the deposit or $1,500 if you want to be in a priority queue. Oh, so, cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like a car, but it's got propellers, which allow for vertical takeoff and landing. So. Um, I, I've always thought that if this ever became a thing, that it wasn't something that would need to be 
public consumption, um, but for emergency services so that they don't have to fight through traffic to get to fires or ambulances or things like that. Um, so of course it's, you know, $300,000 out of the reach of public, you know, public works types of things. I don't know. Um, thumbs down. I, you know, you knew this was going to happen eventually, but like really that many people have already put their money in for this. I just, I just thumbs down. Uh, thumbs down. Um, I hate flying. I also, um, I also know, um, how people drive. And so I don't need to see that in the air as opposed to on the road. Um, no F that noise. Tabitha. Yeah. All I keep thinking about is all these Chad finance bros who like made it big and like the market with crypto like one day and now we're like, I'm going to buy a flying car and then they're going to have a fight with their girlfriend and like drunk fly and drive into things and, Ooh, into a building. Yeah. It's just, this is just a literal recipe for disaster. And I get that it's not been like approved for like, you know, actual driving it's just research and development right now but like childhood tabitha was picturing you know the jetsons kind of cars flying around not this thumbs down (laughs) uh matt you also have something about a super mario rpg do so it's been rumored for a while that super mario rpg is getting a remake um i'm trying to think what the word is it's not a remake but like a uh like a reskin. Um, basically souping up the graphics for today's consoles. Um, and it has been confirmed that um, the Super Nintendo, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars remake is coming to um, Nintendo Switch. Um, they are already have release date of November 17th. Um, This was probably, I never played the whole thing, but I played parts of this game. This was kind of like an unsung, uh, fantastic game for Super Nintendo. Um, So the idea that it's coming to Switch, I think this is great. Thumbs up. Um, Yeah, I'll go thumbs up just because you're happy, Matt. Tabitha. (laughs) Love Mitch said, thumbs up for your happiness. Um, Tabitha, let's order some Domino's. Uh, you can do that literally anywhere now. Um, Domino's is now delivering to you. No address required. Um, they're doing like a pin drop system. Pin, it's called pinpoint delivery, whatever. Um, it can deliver to uh, locations that don't have real addresses. So like a park or a beach or you're waiting in line at a concert or you're waiting in line to buy the new iPhone because you're an idiot and you want a pizza. Like there's, you know, laundry list of places you could be, but now the pinpoint delivery allows you to just drop your pin and Domino's will arrive at the pickup spot and they can activate a, acti- activate a visual signal on their phone, which will help the driver spot them. I hope it's like the bat signal, but it's like pizza. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, but I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Um, while I think this is neat, um, it's almost a little too, like, too, too, too future-y for me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the reason I get my pizza <clears throat> delivered is because I'm at home and I'm being lazy. If I'm already out 
of my home roaming around somewhere i'm still too lazy to go get pizza i need to reevaluate my values about my life so thumbs sideways plus you're worried about big pizza watching you yeah yeah yeah. i'm also worried about what that's gonna look like when they're like bat signal pizza flashing me in the park and be like oh that's me just (laughs) walk my fat ass over there and pick up my pizza (laughs) brb guys (laughs) the pizza signal (laughs) it's calling me also it's not real easy to carry a box of pizza and eat out of it at the same time like while you're out doing things that just i don't know that's not conducive to getting things done and again yeah if i'm ordering pizza it's usually because i'm lazy don't want to cook and i'm already at home so um yeah thumb sideways i'm gonna go thumb sideways um especially like when you mentioned like at a park or at a beach or something like that. It's like, okay, I can I can kind of get behind that. Um, however, I know that I am the type of person who will order the pizza and then in the, you know, 30, 40 minutes, however long it takes, um, will forget that I've ordered the pizza if I'm already out and about. And I will <laughs> be, be there. I, yeah, I will be nowhere near. <clears throat> and then this poor Domino's delivery driver is going to be like following this pin as it's like <laughs> moving all around Springfield. And he's like, what the hell? I just want to give you your pizza. Come back. <laughs> Results in a high speed chase. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Matt, let's talk about Starfield. So, I'm I'm just gonna say I'm giving this a thumbs down just from the get go. A lot of games are moving away from digital format or from physical formats to digital. We've known that for a while there's digital versions of both the new Xbox and the PlayStation consoles where you don't even have to purchase a disc period. The end. Um, so the new Starfield game from Bethesda, even if you buy a quote unquote physical copy a physical edition, you will not get a disc. You buy the physical edition, you will get a code for your chosen platform. Bethesda has confirmed there are no physical discs. Um, they did delete the message later, but it's it, it's a done deal. It's the internet. Plus, you knew that this was coming at some point. So, what? Like what? What's what's the point? Like just either either just say you're not doing physical editions or do the like make the damn disc like one or the other. Don't don't do this in between bullshit. Um, thumbs down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as with everything, we're moving towards a less physical um, world. And so that's, that's fine. That's whatever. If you want to not put out a physical version of the game, whatever. If I'm going to go to GameStop or Target or whatever to buy a physical copy and then, because if I'm not mistaken, like, you get a case, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to go to GameStop. I'm going to get a case of this game, open it up, and oh, here's a little piece of paper yep. with a code. Um, F that noise. Tabitha. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. What would, What's the motivation then to go get that other than to just have the box that says the game on it? If I wanted that that bad, I'd just like buy a dollar one at Goodwill and like print off the cover from the internet and stick right. it in there. Like if it's like a collection thing, you know what I mean? Like having right. all your games like on display, mm-hmm. there's no motivation to buy that. Which also you mentioned GameStop, like GameStop has already kind of chimed in on this too, because that idea 
absolutely 100% kills resale. Mm-hmm. That secondary market is non-existent when this mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Which it's going that way anyways, but like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know that we're ready to be so blatant about it. Yeah. It not only kills resale, but I mean, but it kills retail in general. Yeah. You know? Well, is Bethesda a big enough, na- I don't know anything about video games, a big enough name in the video game community to where that will make a dent in like... No, okay. not really. They've got enough other IPs that no matter what happens with this one, they're, it, it's not. this game is not sink or swim for Bethesda. So no matter what happens, it's they're still around. They're still going to be here. I didn't even know that this was coming out until um, like I saw something about it last week. But Strange Planet, it's uh, a new animated series based off of Nathan Pyle's webcomic of the same name, uh, is set to premiere on Apple TV Plus August 9th and will run for 10 episodes. Um, Strange Planet is about beings on another planet that's a lot like ours, and it explores the absurdity of everyday human life. Uh, the show features Danny Pudi, uh, Lori Tan Chin, Tundi Adabimpe, uh, Demi Adijuapidge, and Hannah Ianbinder. Um, aside from butchering pretty much all those names, um, <laughs> I am here for this. I love this webcomic. It is so just silly and funny. Like I, I follow him on Instagram, and uh, every time I'm like, I scroll through all of them, like, and I chuckle at each and every one. So I'm very excited to see this in animated form. Tabitha. Yeah, for aliens, they're very relatable creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going thumbs up. I didn't know I needed this until we found out that it was a thing, and now I'm really excited. Matt. Yeah, same. This is fantastic. I... This is one of those comics that you see all of the new ones and you chuckle and you laugh at all the new ones. But I will forever go back to the one that really sold me in this whole thing. And it was two aliens and a cat. And one of them was holding the cat and the cat is purring. And it makes some comment about it making a noise or vibrating or something. And the other one goes, yeah, that's how you know it's working. (laughs) And I just like... There's so much truth in the awkward relations between these aliens. It's just fantastic. Thumbs up. Uh, Matt, let's talk about Star Wars. Uh, So there were lots of rumors, lots of shows lined up for Star Wars, Disney Plus, movies, shows, etc. One of those has been canceled. Uh, Star Wars The Acolyte. Um, It's been canceled. The showrunner has been fired. Um... And it's just, uh, they're saying it was given a soft cancellation. So, um, I don't know. There's, we've got a lot of content for Star Wars Marvel coming down the pipe. Um, this one, maybe it was going to be cool. Um, you know, there was rumored casting of Carrie Ann Moss, um, as a lead. Um, but, uh, you know. We're gonna get Star Wars content, even if one show gets canceled. This might probably this might get moved into a different format. So, um, thumb sideways. Yeah, um, thumb sideways. Um, I wasn't even ready to care about it yet, so <laughs> my life does not change at all. Tabitha, I feel like Star Wars is doing the Marvel thing where they're like oversaturating me with content, and like I'm ne- at this point never going to 
be able to catch up. So like the more things they cancel, the better for me, honestly. So thumbs up. <laughs> so I have the last story for the night. And it's always a little scary when I have the last story. Yeah, it makes me nervous. <laughs> but in my defense, it's never my fault that it's the last story. It's, oh, it's our fault because we didn't pick something weirder? No, 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 no. It is the subject of the story. It's their fault that they've done something so weird and so bizarre that, like, A, I need to talk about it, and B, it's just, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, Baldur's Gate 3 is an open-ended D&D role-playing game from uh, Larian. It's going to be released on August 3rd. Um, one of the NPCs in this game is a druid named Halson. So, as a druid... He can wild shape into a bear. And during a cutscene with another character, uh, Astarion, um, Halson turns into a bear and then things get spicy. <laughs> Harry. That too. Cute. So Larian showed off the scene in a panel from hell live stream. Uh, TikTok pulled the stream an hour before it ended. Um, I, I watched like uh, <laughs> I watched like the clip of what they showed and so yeah it shows um, a very naked uh, Astarion you don't see any ner- dirty bits I almost said nerdy bits I don't know he could also be nerdy but anyway um, <laughs> so yeah you see him and then you see um, Halson in bear form and Halson is walking up like a bear but seductively and and the the human um astarian uh like holds out like his hand or whatever and like pulls the bear close and it looks like they're about to kiss and then it cuts to um the bear getting ready to mount <laughs> and then it cuts to this squirrel who is watching everything and it's i don't remember what it's eating i don't think it's eating enough but at any rate it drops whatever it's eating (laughs) which for me was like the best part of this just like first off squirrel you a freak but also just like (laughs) you're just that shocked (laughs) so um Adam Smith, who is a lead writer for this game, said, uh, Have you ever considered the joys and pleasures of sexual congress with a wild-shaped druid? Because at Larian, we have and ultimately landed on the side of giving the people what they want. Tender, consensual romance with a man temporarily transformed into a grizzly bear. No one wanted this. (laughs) No one wanted this. You're absolutely right. But yeah, this is so freaking bizarre. I'm uncomfy. Also, how does a bear walk seductively? You got to watch it for yourself. I'm good. It's in the eyes. I'm all set. (laughs) It's in the eyes. (laughs) I'm I'm good. That can just be something that I, I wonder for the rest of my days. Matt looks frightened. The second Baldur's Gate game was so well received and is such a cult classic. 
in both like the D and D and video game world that why would you tarnish the sequel like this? And yeah, like, and coming from someone who is not in the D and D or um, really video game world, like, even I at least knew the name Baldur's Gate. Like, mm-hmm. when I saw that this was Baldur's Gate three, I was like, okay, I at least recognize that. I couldn't tell you really anything about it, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, why? I mean, we we got the answer from the the writer because he says the people wanted it. the people wanted it. Um, but I just. I don't know who the people are. I, I don't. And you see this family feud, uh, like... Scoreboard? Scoreboard. Like, who wanted this? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Not Steve Harvey. Right. Um, if, if you if you gave that answer to Steve Harvey, he would, like, you know, give a weird look at the, the camera, pretend to faint, all this and that. like whatever. And then just walk away. Yeah. And then it would be the number one answer, and then he'd have to, like, fan himself. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. I just, and and I love that TikTok took it down. It's like, mm, this is too spicy for TikTok. There are some things that are just too spicy yeah. for TikTok. Yeah. And evidently, seductive bears are in that list. Evidently. So, yeah. Um, thanks for listening this long. Um, We're sorry. Deeply. Are we though? Yes. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> just just say bye guys. Bye guys. Bye. Five of them? <laughs>That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>